Are you looking for more to podcast? Check out Yogi Doc's Thriving Tuesday, but be ready to get inspired, get candid, and get thriving with the holistic twist of medicine. That want to be noticed is programmed in human beings' DNA. Do you know that feeling I'm talking about? The importance of attention even begins as early as childhood and is a crucial part of connecting and bonding with others later in life. But some of us are more hungry for attention than others. I bet you know a few people like that, huh? I can think of some. But many of us have either experienced or witnessed the issues that this attention-seeking behavior can cause And in rare cases, the consequences of the dysfunctional need to be noticed can even be deadly. All Beverly Alt ever wanted in her life was attention, even if that meant becoming a serial killer. Medicine, what a bloody and mysterious business. Welcome back, friends. This is your dose of Medical Mystery Monday with Yogi Doc, where we dig deep into true crime for a sense of wonder with a holistic twist of medicine. So grab that glass of wine or cup of whiskey, because we are here, friends. I'm your hostess, thriving with the mostest, occupational therapist, Dr. Tiffany. And on this ride of life, by my side is my co-host and physician, Dr. Shaz. So get ready and buckle up, because we're thriving on in. Hey there, Shaz. Hey there. Hey, I got a story for you this month. Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, last month you did Dr. Death, right? Yes. Okay, so Dr. Death, if anybody who hasn't listened to it, like definitely check it out wherever you get your podcast or on our website. But uh, this month, I decided to do the Angel of Death. Oh man, is that going to top Doctor Death? Um, do they know each other? It's, like they're on it's the same, a little different. Are they in the not same a team? Doctor, are, not they in the, are they in the same team? <laughs> they are not. They would be a deathly combination. A oh man, lethal deathly combination. I'll tell you that. But uh, we're going to discuss here Miss Beverly Gale Allett, who was born October fourth, nineteen sixty-eight. And she grew up in this village in South, I'm definitely going to destroy this, but South, uh, Keystephen District in Lincolnshire, uh, England. Okay. So, down in England. And she was a daughter of a school cleaner, was her mother, and an off-licensed liquor shop worker was her father. And she had one brother and two sisters growing up. Okay. But uh, early on... People around Beverly got to witness rather peculiar peculiar behavior from a young young girl. It was kind of stood out a little bit. She developed a habit of wearing bandages and casts pretty often, and often like with, like without injuries. Yeah, like appearing like she was hurt, like she hurt herself oh, badly. Man. When in reality, there was no injuries, no okay. injuries whatsoever. Well, I've heard of kids doing that before. So yeah, but it, it just like it wasn't like a phase she was going to grow out. It just kept growing. And the situation got even worse when she put on, like, extra weight over the years. And uh, as a teenager, Beverly began to have frequent hospital visits, regularly complaining about, like, numerous non-existent physical problems okay. um, continuously coming up. And one time, Beverly actually did manage to convince the doctors to remove her perfectly healthy appendix. 
Uh, well, you know, it's kind of funny. The appendix isn't really doing anything, so. Yeah, but, like, I mean, she, but how, she even how, got to that level of her complaints and her extensiveness of. But it's impressive that, like, a, how old is she in this? Like, a 10-year-old? A 10-year-old convinced uh, doctor no, to do she's surgery? she's a teenager at this point. Okay. Like, later teenage okay. years. Yeah. And it took years for the surgical scar to heal because she just kept picking at it. Because, like, it's the one real wound she had, right? And she wanted to keep it open as long as possible and kind of go on. Oh, geez. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Needless to say, many of the doctors Beverly visited, like, saw through her act. Um, and they knew that she was only seeking attention, right? Um, it kind of came down to that because they weren't able to label much past that. But as soon as Beverly realized that she was not getting what she wanted from physicians, she would just move on to the next one. Dr. Hop kind of thing. Okay. All right. And then like, so she was never really diagnosed with any disorder at this point, but the kind of behavior was very typical of a person with Munchausen syndrome. Munchausen syndrome, right. Makes sense yeah. a little bit. Um, so for those of you who don't know, that's like a psychological disorder where someone pretty much pretends to be ill right to assume the sick role yes exactly yeah. essentially they assume the sick role that's exactly how i labeled it as well high five us so to assume the sick role just because like they seek for others to take care of them and they want to be the center of attention right so you know she's showing symptoms like this and continuously faking um, symptoms and this is going on for years like and it was known since she was super young all the way through her life but eventually she was just no longer satisfied with these reactions that she was getting from people. She wasn't getting the attention she needed. And her behavior just really took form from there. So it was like getting really clear that Munchausen's coming through, right? And after spending most of her life in the hospital, you know, trying to get that attention and, and playing that sick role, as we were discussing, um, she decided that she wanted to become a nurse. Okay. All right. She so wanted like, to take care of people after. Yeah. She okay. wanted to be a nurse. She wanted to take care of people. And so before I was an occupational therapist, I was a nurse. And I know that that's a, a big responsibility and it's a big role we kind of take on. It, it's a very respectable role. It's honorable role. So it's a big deal to choose to be a nurse, I feel like. And she decided she wanted to spend her time doing that. And she began some of her training for nursing around age 16. Okay. And so like, for this episode, you know, we went ahead and looked up a bunch of resources and whatnot. But one of the things I really, really liked was um, YouTube had a really great uh, like documentary that was about 40, 45 minutes long that had some of the families and everybody involved. But that's when you really saw like how young she was when she was starting training to be a nurse. She was 16. Oh, wow. Um, and so she attended Graham College in Lincoln. Lincolnshire. Lincolnshire. I'm going to like stumble over that a couple of times, probably. Lincoln, like Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah, Lincolnshire. But uh, she missed a lot of her classes. And this was due to her many illnesses that she is stating that she has that have no proof behind it, right? And she had a bunch of failed... She failed a ton of her nursing examinations as well. But even though... You know, I guess in this time period where she was at, maybe they're like really desperate for nurses in a lot of ways as well. But um, her training at a nursing home, like there were there was episodes during her training where they had feces that was smeared on the walls and stored feces in the employee refrigerators. 
and they couldn't figure out like who was responsible for this strange, rather disgusting, right? Behavior. And this is like human, human, human feces. Poop. Okay. Yeah. That was found all over. And, it, and nobody really knew who was responsible for it at the time. But later, later on, the suspicion was like, Beverly started to lie on her a little bit. And this was during even her training. So, you know, she just kind of got these piles of interesting behaviors really leading up in her in her life. And according to a boyfriend that she had around that time, um, he had stated that Beverly was extremely aggressive and she was a manipulative person who made false claims of rape and pregnancy during their relationship. But still, despite like the poor attendance at her school and her failed exam and the alarming behaviors that they're noticing, she was still accepted into a six-month program at their children's hospital in the children's ward in 1991. And so she was like around... 91. So this is not that old. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. 1991, she was accepted. And like things were spiraled out of control once she got into that children's ward from there. Just spiraled. Are you ready for this? I am not, but... <laughs> I don't know if anybody's ready for this. You're listening to Yogi Doc, a podcast powered by Telethrive. Telethrive provides occupational therapy services in multiple states while specializing in sensory integration, social-emotional regulation, feeding therapies, neuromotor disorders, and pediatric neurodevelopmental disorders, which include ADHD, autism, learning disabilities, and so much more. On this podcast, our healthcare providers become your best friend. Thanks for tuning in to Yogi Doc. Now let's get back to thriving. So on February 21st, 1991, right? Yeah, 91. That's like I was seven years old. So it's not like she's, this is like ancient news. I was like one or two. Right. <laughs> I just wanted to make that point. But uh, um, so 91, right? February 21st. Seven-month-old Liam was admitted to the ward because of ch- a chest infection, right? I believe it was like bronchitis, they had said, but it's, you know, chest infection. And during the first night, he had suffered a respiratory emergency and was doing much better the following day. And after the incident had happened, Beverly volunteered to stay at the hospital to do an extra night duty so she could take care of that boy specifically. And during the time that Beverly was left alone with Liam, he stopped breathing. And, oh. and yeah, and despite of uh, the code teams, like all their efforts to save him, the boy was left with severe brain damage and was eventually removed from life support. Oh, because of all the, the, you know, the, the lack of oxygen to the brain. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like what's going on here, right? And so uh, the fellow staff at the hospital found it strange that the monitors had failed to alarm. That he had stopped breathing, right? But, like, no foul play or anything like that was suspected. And I feel like it's kind of, like, difficult to kind of, like, just point out right at that point when you have one scenario. But over the following two months, three other children, an 11-year-old Timothy, 9-week-old Becky, and a 15-month-old Claire. Oh, man, these are all little little kids. Little. This is the children's ward, right? And they all died under strange circumstances shortly after being submitted to the children's ward. Oh, man. You know? And if it didn't stop there, 
We have six more children who suffered life-threatening episodes. Kaylee, Paul, Zait, Michael, Katie, Bradley. I mean, all of these kids are over here suffering some life-threatening episodes when they were under the care of Beverly. But they all survived, and these six had all survived, and mostly recovered after being transferred to another hospital. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, Katie is Becky's uh, twin sister, and she was left with permanent brain damage. And her mother... Becky was. Little Becky was. Yeah. And her mother was so grateful at the time for Beverly's nursing care, helping save her baby's life, that she had asked the nurse to be the godmother, Katie's godmother. Oh, wow. Yeah. And there was just... But at this time, we don't know if this person has done anything wrong or not, though. Yeah. No, no, they don't. And for she had no reason to su- expect, like, suspect that, you know, the nurse could possibly be responsible for these, right? Responsible for this care. She's, yeah. You know, how can you think that that would be the same person? Right, right. But it wasn't until the, the death of Claire, okay? So that was one of the ones that originally um, was the 15-month-old, Okay. It wasn't until the death of the 15-month-old Claire that the hospital staff started to become really suspicious about the high numbers and, of and cardiac arrests. And how are these kids... Okay, cardiac arrests, okay. Yeah, cardiac arrests. I was going to ask how these kids are dying, but okay. Over two months, only two months, all of these kids are dying of cardiac arrests. Suspicious, like, none of it's making sense, right? And so at, at one point, they were like, well, is there a virus that's causing these strange deaths? Like, what is going on? So that got them to look into Claire's blood results when they looked at his her blood results um, they found high levels of potassium and traces of legocaine legocaine lidocaine no lignocaine lignocaine yeah so this is basically like lidocaine it's a different, lignocaine yeah. yeah it's another um and so they found that, it. yeah and so it's like a local anesthesia right and it's used for antiarrhythmic yeah. as well and so they found that in her tissues. And so they knew something was way more sinister going on in this children's ward. Right? Okay. Something wild's going on. And then um, by April 30th, 1991, the police were finally notified. Something's up. And, you know, um, one of the things I know that they talked about in the documentary, and it really kind of got me to start thinking that it is kind of difficult to pin a healthcare provider in the aspects of, like, you know, they do have access to the patients, they have access to these drugs, like, and they have a good reason to have access to it. So, like, I, it was a struggle. The police department had discussed this at one point. That was really hard for them to kind of, like, lock down evidence and kind of lock down reasoning and, like, who it was and what was going on. And um, in the documentary, you get to, the, the families are speaking out, so you get to hear their side, as well as the doctor that was working with her. This entire time. So the doctor that was working, you could see, you could tell in his voice, his heart was just so broken as he's telling these stories about these deaths coming along. And it took till April 30th and the police are, you know, now at this point, there's 25 suspicious cases by the time they notify the police. So, you know, it, it is difficult at first. And, 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 and they, and they did, did these tests on all the kids that. Well, I, I, this is when things started like getting tested out and checked out with everybody going across the board as much as that they could, you know, whatever 
uh, lab stuff that they had, because some of them have already been passed, probably have been buried already at this point, you know. But this is when they knew that they could start collecting sure, data sure. and yeah. start putting things together because, you know, like I said, they spent time looking into, is there a virus causing all of this? What could be causing all of this? You're not expecting them right, to be taking care right. of you to, be to have access. Something. So it was just, it took some time to kind of get that information to tie down that road. And so once they had like 25 suspicious cases, they were like, wait a second. And most of them had like excessive, what I call hella high hella high doses of insulin of insulin also yeah so the lignocaine the potassium and insulin mm -hmm. and so they didn't find the insulin to like later on the excessive amount in it so that's like now starting to come along and it didn't take long for the authorities once they started getting involved in it to con connect the dots that all of these cases had the presence of nurse beverly before this episode blows you away, I just want to take a moment to remind you to head to our website to check out our show notes. The link will be in the description. You'll find references uses this episode as well as a photo of the victims and a few photos of the angel of death. Now, let's thrive on back. Oh, okay. So, the, you know, the police had to look at it like almost like an outsider looking in. Right. And then we we're able to connect those dots a little bit quicker. So... Um, you know, I'm glad they came on board when they did, f for sure, you know? Right. But it definitely took quite some time to still build that case. Um, so she was formally charged with four counts of murder, 11 counts of attempted murder, and 11 counts of causing grievance bodily harm in November 1991. Again, 91, it just feels like it's, it's so recent. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So in the trial, the trial didn't begin until February 15th, 1993. Okay. Okay. And it only lasted two months. I feel like at this point, the, the cops probably had built such a case that it didn't take long for the jury to get to did, that verdict. Did she admit to it? So during like, okay, so during the trial, I'm going to get to that, right? So during the trial, all of her like strange past came up and even being confronted with all of that, she still denied any wrongdoing. Okay. Yeah. And so like, I, you know, I just wanted to say that like, even when she's doing the trial, like all of her interesting behaviors from her past and are, yet are she still up. denies any of it. Right. Okay. At this point at the trial. And so, you know, she's saying that she had never, she had only ever taken care of the victims you know, she did no wrongdoing, but the evidence against her was just so overwhelming. Um, she had been the only nurse on duty for a lot of those cases and could be visually like, like the family. I know they told some stories where like the family was there, you know, they started to fall asleep. She was the only person there. You know, they physically saw her leaving the room when they came back and there was nobody else there. Right, right. So, you know, there's, there's some scenarios where they can like place her visually, but like in most of the cases, she's the only nurse on duty for that situation. And she also had access to the drugs that were in these kids system used to kill them. And so at the end, you know, Beverly was found guilty on all of her charges and she was sentenced to 13 concurrent terms of life imprisonment. Oh, 13, 13 life sentences. Yes. Oh, yes. cause there's no way to get out. No, no. And uh, since her conviction. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. 
But, but she never admitted to it still. Well, at that time, she had never admitted to it. But since okay. her conviction, she's finally admitted to parts of her crimes. What parts? Like, uh, she rep- like yeah, I pushed the damn drugs. Like, uh, Yeah, I don't know. She, I guess she picked it. Like, I just left the drug there. I, you know, it doesn't give, like, a ton of details of what. Or maybe she's only claiming to certain ones, but not all of them. Like or even, maybe she's saying, oh, like, I gave the too much insulin, but I didn't give the, the other drugs. Yeah, and so since the conviction, though, it's like only since she started to admit to part of them. But even, you know, now she's in Rampton Secure Hospital in Nottinghamshire, and she's still reportedly continuing her attention-seeking behavior. Like, that that's still going. And now, once again, you know, she's hurt, like, hurting herself rather than hurting others now. Because, like, while she's there, she's in a secure area, but she's continuously still doing that attention-seeking and still, like, trying to injure herself and, and and cause injuries and illnesses all across the board. And so just spite her, like, even her minimum dues ex- expires in November 2021, she'll never likely be eligible for parole. Um well, 13, 13 life sentences, I don't think. Yeah. I don't yeah. even know how parole. Well, even like her minimum, though, of those 13, like expires November 2021. Right. But like, she's not ever going to be eligible for parole in that perspective. Okay. And so like, it's due to like, I mean, she's got, think about the horrific nature of some of those crimes. Yeah. I mean, what are we, nine week old, 11 yeah, Intentionally, week like, mur- murdering these, these... 15 month old, 7 yeah, month kids, old. these babies. Like, what do they do to you? Like, what, what is that scenario about? It, do, it doesn't make any sense. No, and, and that's, that's the hard... Well, she, I don't know if she was, like, trying to hurt them and then she, like, saved them and she wanted that kind of recognition. Is that what it was? Ooh, I didn't think of it that way. But you know what that could have been because... You know, somebody who wants attention. Like, why would you just kill and then not be known for? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, was she trying to Because it's not like she went to trial back. and then she went and admitted to the crime. Yeah. So first she didn't admit a, to and it. And a couple times that she... So she did, didn't want that negative she attention. Could, she couldn't save them and that's why they died? I mean, is that the whole point that she or wanted she to be the hero? praised or something like that? Um, from my understanding, like the impression that I had gotten that once the crashing had kind of happened, she wasn't trying to jump in and save the scenario i didn't get that impression when i was like reading over the stories i almost got the impression like the way i envisioned it in my head is like i could <laughs> this sounds really bad but you know like the joker walking away and the hospital's like blowing up in the background yeah that was like my envisionment as i was like reading some of these stories like i because I, I didn't get the feeling like that she was trying to help or she was trying to save the situation that she was right just kinda, like, well i guess and left and i feel like that's just i don't understand that as someone that yeah. wants the attention wants to be praised like why would you just hurt these babies and not yeah that's what i'm saying like you're be good the point. hero you have such a good point like i just didn't see it that way but maybe i need to reread it with that in mind you know some of these stories because you know what was the reasoning what was the cause like how did this happen right and the hospital like the children's ward they had you know said even in the documentary during that time period, they were so desperate for nursing that even if you didn't meet the qualifications, they were still taking people who didn't meet the qualifications on board. And that's what happened. She, like, sneaked right by. Yeah. Because think about timing-wise, right? It says she was born in, like, what, 68? Yeah. And so she started her training around she was 16 and whatnot. And I believe that um, they said that, like, her six-month training in one of the wards 
was around when she was like 21 or 22, but she didn't get this job. I mean, she might've been working in a nursing home, you know, or some other place at the time. I can't imagine because she didn't have the proper qualifications, but she didn't work for this children's hospital to 91. Yeah. So like, she... I feel like there's some locks of time there. So either she was like fighting to get the certifications done correctly and trying to find a job during that time period or whatnot, because, you know, she had all those illnesses, those fake illnesses that she was missing classes for. She wasn't passing any of her exams, you know? Yeah. So how long was she trying to go to school for, you know? And, and did she not clear so many times that she... Blacklisted almost. Oh, yeah, like we got removed almost. Yeah. That's it's insane. Oh, it's definitely insane. And it's definitely like. I just, I just don't get it. Like, what, what is. <laughs> and children, like, what does a nine week old have to do? Like, why is a nine week old suffering for this? Why is and it, the personal, the personal gain has first, to be, like, it has to be all about personal gain at this point. It's not like you're trying to, like, I want the world to burn, you know, and like yeah. this nine year old has to suffer. So there's not like. So it has to be a personal gain thing. So I think, I mean, my logic is like she tried to hurt them and it was wanted to save them. Didn't want, didn't actually want yeah. them to die. And then she like screwed up and gave too much medicine and couldn't save them. And then maybe that's why the excessive insulin came in later because maybe it didn't work for the first few. So then she was like, hey, let's change up the medicine issues or whatever. Like, let's try to take them down another way so I can try to rescue them. I mean, like maybe I that's why I got switched up. I, I don't I know. That's so but that is weird. such a yeah. I didn't even think about it from that that's point. So weird. But like, and then I was what I was trying to look into a lot too is because you know she had some of these behaviors when she was a child, but I couldn't find anything that discussed like you know if she had an abnormal childhood. Like, did she have trauma? I mean, for she, sure. There, there there's no of, way that she didn't. Well, I mean, some people are have psychological disorders. And could come from any family. That's like, true. It doesn't matter. In that, that perspective. No, that's true. No, you're right. So that's one of the things I wanted to look at. Was this just something that was like part of her genes, part of her genetics, like part of her makeup of who she is, or is it something that you know outside environmental influences had had triggered this? Um, you know, I, I was all over the board with that, but there I didn't see anything about her childhood or her upbringing, so I'm not sure where it kind of came about, whether it is psychological or, like, you know, genetic, or whether it was triggered by her environment and her upbringing. So, I don't know. I, wh whatever reason, whatever excuse, it doesn't make it correct, right? We're still at this spot. Can you imagine being one of those families? Like, you're going into the hospital. They just had, you know, a little bit of bronchitis, like some antibiotics we're gonna heal him up doctor's like hey he's doing great not having any issues after like coming in and having distress and then like the doctor's like hey cool we're gonna be going home tomorrow and then bam yeah like how much and how trait like i feel like that mom who had the twins right and the one ended up having brain damage and the one did not, and she ended up asking that nurse to be the godmother. Like the sense of betrayal in that, and that you feel like you trusted this person, and like even tried to start making her a part of your family. Right. To find out that the whole time she was trying to break apart your family. Yeah. I mean, that's just heartbreaking. It's definitely heartbreaking.
So, I mean, that is my story of the, on the angel of death. So we got the doctor of death and angel of death next. Doctor to the doctor and the nurse to the nurse. That's either way. They're all. They're both absolutely insane. Oh, yeah, I don't know um, what they're thinking out there. I mean, medical mysteries can go anywhere from true crime to you know unsolved, undiagnosed disorders, and you know we're looking to definitely try to cover um, all of it. But you know, even when we do some of these true crime ones, it, it's still heartbreaking, and it, it's yeah. hard because we do take an oath and we do try to be you know, respectable in our careers. And, you know, I, I just think to myself, like I did not go through that much school and that much student loans and that much bus in my ass <laughs> to do something like that. Yeah. Like, and that's just how my mind, like, why would you, why, why I like, I, it's not like it's easy. It's not easy to go to school. Like, no, for this no. stuff. You do have to put, you know, yourself out there and you, you give up the rest of the world and you give up your life a lot of the times and you have to force yourself to be social and force yourself to relax and rest and whatnot in between because, you know, you're always on the grind. And then it doesn't end there because as soon as you get a job at the hospital or, or wherever you're working, it's like they want you to work as many hours as possible. They just want a body there, right? Yeah. Uh, and they just push you to work too. And you're just continuously because you want to give back and you want to help and you want to do this. Like, how does it cross over that we have people with such, you know, awful, I don't know, even In, know what intentions. to call it. Intentions, yeah, intentions. Intentions, there you go. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, I'm like lost for words on how somebody can fight so hard for a degree and, you know, use pay for, so much student loans and then use it for evil. Exactly. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Don't do that. Yeah. Why can't we all just get along? Why can't we all get along? I just don't get it. I just don't get it. But, um, I mean, anybody who would like to definitely, like, check out any of our resources, they'll be online on our our website, and the link will be in our show notes. But, you know, post a comment on the website. Like, let us know what you think about the story. If, if you've got any connections with the story, that would be so cool like cool to hear on the other end you know hear somebody else's um perspective and point of view and what yeah. you, your experience was and what you went through but um yeah definitely reach out and check those things out let us know what else you want to hear about or other topics that you think would be interesting and healthcare providers man do good that's what we're here for right absolutely right let's keep thriving right <laughs> That's the point. Yeah. Virtual high five because you just finished another episode of Medical Mystery Monday with Yogi Doc. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more or would like to be a guest, head over to our website to check out all of our show notes, our blog page, and even register for our newsletter. Don't forget to contact us. To join our community, check us out on social media at yogidoc.tt and show some love by hitting subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. Another way that you can show support to our podcast is through paypal.me slash yogidoc and by checking out our Amazon recommendations. All links will be in the description. This has been a Yogidoc production powered by Telethrive. Until next time, explore your wonder and keep thriving.